Should we just pray as we just look at um, that psalm together just for a few moments? Father God, we pray you bless us uh, now. Father, we do thank you for this service. We thank you, Lord, for each other. Uh, and Lord, we do just echo that prayer um, for our children, for our young people. Lord, just bless them, we pray. We know that life is tricky. Uh, a lot of potholes and pitfalls. And we just pray you'll be with them, Father God, and with us as we just look at your word for a few moments this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, it's a very special service for us, a service like this one. Um, it reminds us of a number of important things. Um, the first is it reminds us that church isn't just an organisation. Um, some people think it's an organisation, but it isn't really. Um, it's far more than that. It's not a hobby. My mum once accused that my, my Christian faith as being my hobby. Um, I can tell you it's not a, it's not a very good hobby. Um, I much prefer to play football, um, but it's not, not a hobby. Uh, it's far more important to me than, than that. Uh, in fact, what we are as a church is a family. Uh, we're a family under God. God is our Father. We are the family of the living God. And David, Rebecca, Eva and Chloe are loved and valued part of our family here in this church. And it's been a privilege, actually, um, because we only had two of the four at the beginning. Uh, They came on their own, they came together. Um, And then Eva came along, and then a bit later, Chloe joined us as well. And so it's a very special moment for us, uh, and it's a real privilege to be able to stand here and ask the living God to bless this particular family and then this particular child, Chloe, in the name of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and it's maybe something that some of you have never seen before. Maybe you're not sure what's going on. Maybe you've come along for the first time and you're wondering what exactly we've, we've done this morning. And I wonder what your thoughts are. I think sometimes we have this service and some people are, are concerned just because they're wondering where the water is. Um, because perhaps they've grown up used to christenings. But this is a very different type of service to what a christening is understood to be. This is just simply thanking God and praying God's blessing on a little baby or a slightly older baby in Chloe's case. Um, maybe you're thinking that it's a nice thing to have done, that they've got Chloe done, uh, as some people say, but actually it's more than that. Some people may be sitting here this morning thinking that it's nice, but ultimately what difference does it make to her life or to the life of her sister or her parents? What difference does doing what we've just done make to Chloe in the end? Perhaps it's just a ritual with nothing really behind it. I heard a story, and by story I mean joke, uh, of a little boy called Steve. His mum and dad decided to get him done, to have him dedicated at a local church. And, um, and so they went along, and all was going well. So Steve was there, and his mum and dad, he was a little bit older, he was about five at the time, so the, the minister prayed for him, and the service went well. And as they drove home, mum, dad, and little Steve, um, they noticed he was quite subdued, quite quiet, and they couldn't get a word out of him at all, and he suddenly then burst into tears, uncontrollable tears they couldn't calm him down miles and miles went by the dad and mum are leaning over saying what's wrong what's wrong eventually he calmed down and they said to him what on earth is happening what's wrong Steve Um, and he said that minister kept saying that he wants me to be brought up in a good Christian home but I really want to stay with you two (laughs) it bodes well that you laughed (laughs) and so it's really important to say actually that this service hasn't made Chloe a Christian. Um, She has to make her mind up about Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection, dying for her sin and uh, offering forgiveness and everlasting life. She has to make her own mind up about that, as every single one in this room has to, whether we're 9 or 90. We all have to make our mind up whether we believe and trust or follow the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in his death for us. The real reason uh, that we're here is to recognise that Chloe, like every single one of us, um, is fragile. She's particularly fragile because she's only about that big, isn't she? 
And she's got a whole life ahead of her. And whilst we pray that that life will be full of potential and lots of good things, we know from our own experience that Chloe will experience her fair share of twists and turns. She will have her high moments and her crushing low moments. And that's horrible to think about, especially when you're her parents or her family. We know that she will make her mistakes. We know that she will get it wrong, just like we all do and we all did. And so today's service is saying in light of that, God, Lord God, please be her strength. Lord God, be there in her darkest moments. Lead her, guide her forward through the toughest times that she will inevitably face. Our ultimate prayer this morning is that she will grow to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Saviour. The God in the Bible, we're told, sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him doesn't perish but has everlasting life. We believe that God sent his Son as a man into a dark world, not to condemn it, but to save it. Our prayer is that Chloe will know the salvation of her soul, like so many of us do this morning. And that same Jesus, when he came to earth, followed his father's plan. He gave his life, nailed to a cross, so that everyone who calls on his name can be saved, can be forgiven, can be made clean on the inside, and can look forward to an eternity with God in heaven, rather than separated from him. And that's our prayer this morning for Chloe, and for the whole world, in fact. And so we're all like Chloe, aren't we, in a way? We're all a bit frail, we're all a bit fragile this morning. I felt very fragile, I'm I'm starting to get a bit older, things are starting to ache, they never used to ache before, and uh, so I feel my age, I feel my late 20s, I'm only 28, Um, the the years haven't been kind, Um, no, I'm 38, if you're wondering. And so, (laughs) I told somebody my age recently and they didn't believe me, they thought I was about 45, which is a bit worrying, so uh, we're no longer friends. Um, But we're all frail. We're all getting older, things all go wrong for each one of us. And just like Chloe this morning, we all need somebody in our lives who is bigger and stronger than our circumstances, our personal darkness and our deliberate sin. We read earlier on Psalm 139. I'm not going to go through it verse by verse, don't panic. Um, This psalm, if you have it open, that's great, but if not, bits of it will appear behind me, I think. Um, Psalm 139 that Enid read for us is actually a song. Um, I'm not going to sing it to you unless you want me to. Um, no, who said yes? <laughs> That's the same person that thought I was 45, by the way. <laughs> it's a song, uh, and it would have been sung by God's people in the Old Testament, probably at the temple as they went to worship God. Written by a man named David in the Old Testament, the great king, uh, the man that killed Goliath with his five stones and his sling. Uh, and it's a song that celebrates the knowledge and the power and the presence of the living God. It ponders the enormity of Almighty God and it cries out to those who are singing it, those who are hearing it and those of us who are just reading it that the God in this psalm is the only one who can be trusted with every minute and every place of our lives. There were two children one day talking. This is another joke you may want to prepare yourself. And uh, and they were talking to each other and one turned to his friend and he said, I'm so worried, I'm so stressed this morning. And his friend turned to him and said, what on earth's wrong? Tell me about it. I think they were about six. And, uh, and he said to him, my dad. He said, what's wrong with your dad? And he said, he works 12-hour days. And he provides a nice big house, all the clubs I want to do. And he buys us everything we need. And he said, my mum, she spends all day tidying the house. She takes me to things. She loves me and looks after me. And he said, what on earth are you worried about? That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. And he said, but I'm really worried that they might try and escape at some point. 
Oh, that wasn't as good. Okay, I'll, t- I'll give you that one. I've lost my place now. Hang on. Where were we? And actually, um, Psalm 139 and the God that David describes is so good, is so amazing, so worth knowing, that just like that boy, the thought of spending a moment without that God's love and care and forgiveness it just doesn't bear thinking about. Those of us who are on the other side, if you like, and know the living God as our Father, we think to be a day without him would be crazy. And then we look back and we think to think we spent years without him just doesn't make any sense. And the first six verses of Psalm 139, um, I won't read them all to you, but if you, it'll appear behind me. David, in these first six verses, talks about something really important, that this God knows us perfectly. He knows our motives, he knows our thoughts, he knows the public us, but he also knows the private us. And as he thinks about how much God knows him, in verse 6 he says, such knowledge is too um, wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. There was a man that agreed to babysit, and this is another joke, this is the last one, I promise. Uh, He agreed to babysit um, a a lady, um, children, she was a single mother, she had to go out. So he went round there, didn't know her very well. And as he arrived, the two boys were playing downstairs, and he sent them up to bed about quarter to nine. And uh, and as they went upstairs, he flipped the telly on, and one boy came down, and he said, bed. And so he walked up, said nicer the first time. He went up. Three minutes later, he tiptoed down again, he said, bed. This went on for an hour, coming down the stairs, and he got increasingly more angry. Eventually, there was a knock on the front door. And a woman was behind the door, and she said, is my son there? And he said, of course not. And then a little boy cried out from the back. He said, Mum, I am here, but this man won't let me go home. <laughs> I think that's the last one. Sorry. And isn't it true, actually, that so many of us go through life being misunderstood People think we're one thing and in fact we're something else. Or we think we're one thing and we discover that we're not quite who we thought we were. We make mistakes, we get it wrong and then we become a bit ashamed. We don't want people to really know who we are because we don't like who we are. But the good news of this psalm is that God knows us perfectly and still loves us. That's the important bit. And we commit Chloe into the hands of the living God this morning, not just because he loves her, but because he knows her completely, but not just knows her now. He's always known her. In fact, he knew her before the world was even made. And he's going to know her when she's 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, however long. In fact, he even knows that part of it, the information as well. And the Bible says that he knows her completely. And if he knows her completely, then he knows what's best for her which is to follow his son. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they may have life, life to the full, or life in all its fullness. So David moves on, verses 7 to 12, and he talks here in these few verses about how you can't escape from God. Sometimes we want to hide from God, don't we? We want to hide from people who are good because we might feel bad. We might have done something we're ashamed of and we think I'll hide from them because they'll be disappointed in me. Think of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When they ate that fruit, they realized they were naked and they were ashamed. So they hid from God. Sometimes we hide from God because we don't want him to be real. I meet so many people that deep down they think there's probably something in all this talk of Jesus and God. But I don't want to go there, so I'm going to build a wall and hide from God until it's too late. But this psalm isn't hiding from God in a negative sense. The message in these verses here, 7 to 12, is that David says, I can't go anywhere that God isn't already going to be. It's a positive thing. He's not talking about running from God because he's done something wrong. He's making the point that wherever, wherever I go, God already is. Whether it be death 
or depths or distance or darkness, nothing can separate us from God. In Romans 8, verse 31 to 39, we read an amazing part of the Bible, something not just for Chloe, but for every single one of us. And I will read this to you because it is one of my most favorite bits of the entire Bible. In truth, I quite like it all, actually, but this is a particularly favorite bit. Paul writes, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who raised to life, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present age nor future or any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And for those of us that know God as our saviour, as our father through our saviour Jesus Christ, That truth is played out every single day, that we cannot be anywhere where God is not already there. And that's our prayer, and that's our expectation for Chloe. And as David goes through this psalm, he comes to the end, and he says the most amazing part, that God doesn't just know him, that God was there at the beginning of his life, that God actually was the one who stitched him together in his mother's womb. And David's point, I think, is quite simple. If you're going to trust anyone, trust the God that made you, the God that knew you when no one else could possibly know you, and the God that saw you before you were even formed. And then he erupts in his final moment of praise when he says in verse 18 of Psalm 139, these last two thoughts, Were I to, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast are some of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. He can sleep in peace because God is watching over him. And so today is not just a hollow ritual. I bet my life on it. It is not simply a powerless tradition that churches do because we're just a bit religious. In fact, because God is real, because his love is life-changing, because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world, to take away our sin through his death and resurrection, we know that when we prayed for Chloe, We committed her into the hands that knew no sin and are strong enough to make the world. But not just Chloe, her sister and her mum and dad as well. And we have confidence because he is the only rock that you should base your life upon. Because he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I wonder this morning, who do you depend on? Do you depend on your own strength? What is your rock this morning? And are you really sure that it's not going to let you down when you need it the most? We know God will never let Chloe, Eva, David or Rebecca down. He is their strength, their refuge, their hope, even in the face of death. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for Psalm 139. Father, we thank you for that wonderful song. And Lord, actually, part of me wishes we could sing it. Because what an amazing thing to sing out loud. 
of how great you are, how enormous you are, Lord. What a, a, a mighty God. Yet, Lord, you're not just a, a powerful God who sits on the edge of space. Father, you're a God who sent his Son into history to save those who are called on the name of the Lord. Father, we do again just pray for Chloe and Eva and David and Rebecca. But Lord, also their wider family and friends, that each one of them may know the security and the confidence of trusting the hands of the King of Kings. That Lord, you will be with each one of them, we pray. And with all of us here this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen.